Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with LinkedIn expert, Scott Aaron. Scott is incredibly powerful in this episode as he really shares his backstory and the lessons that he learned from the very young age of 19 of taking over the keys to the family gym and having to step in and be an owner, be a business owner at that young age. He really shares with us what he has learned over this journey and how he has developed his own magic formula, as he refers to, that really helps. And he shares that with you here to help you move through to create success in your own life. We always have two options. Option A is to be a victim or option B is to use our life experiences and find gratitude for what we have faced, what we have learned, and what we are here to do. And that's exactly what Scott does. Scott is very passionate about helping fellow entrepreneurs achieve success while building their own network organically and without complicated and costly marketing tactics. He has helped thousands experience explosive growth following his simple, proven, and massively effective program. This is a really powerful episode. If you are a business owner or if you are wanting to grow your business and maybe even understand LinkedIn and social media even more, Scott shares a ton of knowledge on here. I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Scott. I'm so thrilled to finally have you on the podcast. Oh, Marsha, me too. And just really grateful that you uh, thought to have me on the show. So it was just really nice to be here. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you a few questions first before we get started. And sure. then um, we'll get into some conversation. Great. Where are you from? Originally Philadelphia and now Marlton, New Jersey. Marlton, New Jersey. Nice. What's your temperature like there today? When I went outside, which, you know, right now I don't go outside too much, uh, it, it's like in the 80s and humid. So yeah, typ typ typical East Coast weather. Yeah. We're in a big humidex right now. Yeah. Um, are you a reader? And if you are, do you have an impactful book that you can share with the listeners? Yeah. Two books. Uh, one, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. Uh, it was the first money mindset book ever written in 1910. And it basically is the principles of how I run my business, uh, living in a world of uh, collaboration and creation instead of a world of um, competition and comparison. And the other book is Go For No by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. Uh, Andrea has be since become a really good friend of mine. And it teaches you that yes is the destination, but no is how you are going to get there. 
So when I read this book, I realized that I just had to go through as many no's as possible because eventually the yeses would show up. And the more quickly that you fail, the more quickly you will succeed. So that's also a, a part of the principles of how I run my business. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. I just heard something this morning and I was listening to a Mastin Kip podcast and he said that you can't strive for X, you can't strive for perfection because you're never going to attain it. So every, you, so every time you shoot for perfection, you shoot, you shoot to never succeed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was just yep. such a, a great point. Um, favorite quote. Your failures open the doors to your successes. I sense a really good theme here. I love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? Oh, God. Um, my future wife, mm. uh, myself. Mm -hmm. I, I really do I look at, I, um, you know, I, I'm, it's not an ego thing, but I always reflect on my journey and all of the, the hurdles that I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of myself. You know, there, there, are, there are many times in, in my journey where I could have just kind of given up and just kind of dealt with the life that I was living. But I, I knew that, and I still know that I'm destined for more. It's something that my mom shared with me about a year ago. She remembers picking me up from preschool and the teacher pulled her aside and said, I just want to let you know, there's something really special about your son. And, and th this was at, like when I was four years old. So yeah. I always had that special something. And because I, I know that I'm, every person is destined for more. Um, you know, my father for a good portion of, of my life um, was definitely a mentor to me when I got into health and wellness. Uh, my mother, uh, Chris Harder, was an integral part of my, my growth uh, last year. Uh, Jeffrey Combs was my first business coach. I, I coached with him for on and off for about three years. Uh, my enrolling sponsor in network marketing, Joe DiBianca, absolutely was a mentor to me to teach me and understand online marketing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, there's just been oh. so many people along the way. The, the books that I, Robin Sharma, just, you know, listening to his podcast and Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek, Les Brown is someone that I still go back and listen well, to Les just Brown. because uh, it's, you know, they're, they're, the, the fact is, is that people may hear that they're like, oh my God, did you coach with Les Brown? No, I didn't coach with Les Brown. But uh, a mentor doesn't have to be someone that you've actually paid money. Um, it, it could be a book that you've read by them. It could be a podcast that you listen to that they host. That becomes a mentor because when you can adapt to their teachings and their beliefs, mm -hmm. they do become a mentor because they are guiding you just externally. Um, but all, I've also invested heavily in other people to invest back into myself to help myself move forward. I think that that's, I think you said so many beautiful things there. And when people say, well, I can't afford coaching and I can't afford that. I'm like, you can get free mentorship in so many places if you're open to receiving there's, there's sun, like I, I think my, some of my pivotal points of really, really growing came from YouTube videos, you know, 10 years ago that there was, that we didn't do podcasts. So it yeah. was, it, there's things that are available. You just have to be open to receiving and recognizing that we can actually take pieces from everybody. There's, yeah. we start to really help us to find our own voice. Yeah. What drives you? Like what lights you up? Honestly, 
it's just getting up every day, uh, knowing that my legacy is being left right now, not when I'm gone. So I wake up with that intention of, of how, how do I want to show up? How do I want to inspire others by just being my genuine and authentic self? And knowing that every single person is capable of more is what really drives me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. I love that. Absolutely love that. So you said so many cool things here that I really like. Really want to dive into a little bit as we talk. You here, you're told you have this special something right from a young age. You are somebody who I I have met you multiple times virtually. We have connected, um, but you have rewritten your money story. And you have done the work through that. So you've taken the special something. You've come through many challenges, like many challenges, the kinds where many people would go, you know what, that's enough. I mean, that's enough and I'm out. And instead you come back stronger and you come back like with more of a force to make an impact. Yeah. So where along that journey, like how do you dive into that? Can you think of a pivotal moment where you're like, nope, this is not the end of the story. This is not what I'm doing. This is, I'm creating more. Yes, it looks like everything's falling apart here, but I know I'm going to do something else. Do you have a pivotal point that, that sticks out in your head? Well, I think first that our story is being written every single day. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's a new chapter every single day that we open our eyes. And I think what I love most about life is that we don't know what it's going to bring. We don't know what conversation is going to come about. And there's so many doors of opportunity. It's just you have to continue to move forward to walk through those doorways to see what's behind them. But I think uh, the most pivotal moment for me was when I was 18 and a half and dealing with my father's uh, two and a half year incarceration in federal prison, which which is what got me into health and wellness. My father, six months prior to uh, being incarcerated, started the, our first gym and I actually was turned over to the keys, um, you know, just shy of my 19th birthday. And that was probably the most pivotal moment for me because I, I didn't, looking back, you know, people hear that they're like, oh my God, there was no, oh my God moment for me at that time, because that, that's just what was in front of me. That was what's on my plate. So, okay, your, your dad's in jail you know, you got to support your mom and your sister. You, you got to take over the gym. You got to run the business. You got to learn how to manage and, and lead uh, and, and do all those things to run a successful business. It's just, it's just intuitively what I had to do. The more, and this is what I've learned, the more that people get out of their heads and into their hearts, the, the more they will achieve. And I think that's why I've always been able to kind of flow through life like water uh, instead of like a beaver. I don't build dams and kind of get stuck in between, you know, the two tributaries of whatever on. I, I always find a way to kind of continue to, to flow down the river to, to get to the next part of my life, whether it's, you know, dealing with my father's incarceration or making millions and then losing millions and, you know, being married and divorced twice, having to file for personal bankruptcy, losing a home, all, all of these, yeah. all of these things. But, you know, I just, I just kept going forward, you know, because w- what were my choices? You know, uh, option A, sit in my stuff and, oh, what was me? Play the victim card, which I did for many years and that didn't serve me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, have a bunch of regret or resentment or anger, 
or you know, just chalk it up to a, a life experience. Be find the gratitude uh, in no matter how dark the situation may be. There's always a silver lining, and continue to move forward because it, it just adds to your armor of life, and it just makes you that much stronger. So when something does come up. You know exactly how to handle it. And then you understand that if I got through that, Mm -hmm. I can get through this and I can get through the next thing because, you know, life, uh, much like entrepreneurship, it's a roller coaster. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those things where when, when you can enjoy the ride, Mm -hmm. you know, acknowledge the ups acknowledge the downs, all of those things. Darren Hardy wrote a great book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Yes, he did. Because that, that's life. So I, I think understanding that when, when I was able to adapt and change at such, such a young age, at 18, that, that really primed me for knowing that no matter what is thrown my way, I could find a way to work through it because this is the honest to God truth. There is no problem that doesn't have a solution. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I know that, you know, I go back to uh, the story of Roger Bannister. And for, for people that don't know that story, Roger Bannister was the first person to run a sub four minute mile mm-hmm. and his entire life. He was told there's no way you can do that. Yeah. It, it's, and then all these scientific studies came out. They're like, you know, your heart will explode if, if you end up running that fast, like all these crazy yeah. things. And he, he trained for it. it. Yeah, he, he, he did it. And then the interesting thing was, I think it was, it was between a year to 18 months after he broke that record, 13 other individuals had done it because he proved the concept and he figured out the solution. So no matter what's going on in your life, there is a solution to whatever problem that is. It's just a matter of figuring out what that solution is. So do you think that, I, I, I mean, everything you said was, like, I completely agree. It's shifting from a victim mindset to a solution mindset. And when you're in the space of, you know, when things happen and we're like, what do we do? It's, it's easy to drop into the victim mindset. It's easy to look at it and go, why me and why us or why this? We recognize that entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. Life is a roller coaster, seriously. Yeah. And we, we know that from the outside, but there's this inherent, I don't know if it's, it's this inherent thing where we think, but that doesn't happen to me. That happens to somebody else. And then it happens to us and we're like, why us? Why us? What do we, like, where is that train? What are we missing? And, and how do we shift through that as people are listening to this? Because I completely agree with what you're saying, is just shifting that. I mean, it, it's, it's our story. There's so many stories in our life. So we have our money story. We have our relationship story. Uh, we have our success story. We have our worthy story. We, we have all these stories. And... It's ingrained in our DNA, but you can change that story whenever you want. I remember listening to an interview that Mel Robbins was doing. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know who Mel Robbins, she wrote a great book called The Five Second Rule, just oh, wow. an amazing human being. And she was talking about how 
so many people every day have so many negative, nasty, gross thoughts flowing through their head. And she said, before you start talking negatively about yourself, imagine that every human being has an external microphone hmm. atta attached to their skull where all of your thoughts actually played out on this loudspeaker for all those around you to hear. She said people would just turn and run the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. No one scary. wants to be no one wants to be around those types of people. You know, being kind to ourselves. Oh god, I remember being it's just it's so funny I I I remember being such in my shit in so many different times in my life. I mean, just crying in my car and just just miserable in my life and just playing just this ugh just this ugly victim card mm -hmm. and you know when you constantly replay those stories how do you ever expect to move your life forward if if you're you're constantly on repeat it's like it's like being <laughs> i use this, it's like being locked in a room listening to the same meatloaf song over and over again <laughs> Be, because i have been when i was pledging a fraternity so i mean just just <laughs> just imagine you know having to listen to the same meatloaf song over and over and over and over again like it just it drives you crazy mm -hmm. so i i correlate that with um, another, obviously you, you, people are starting to understand that I'm a reader. So I, I, one of the first personal development books I, I read in my journey was a book called the power of now by Eckhart Tolle mm -hmm. and lo love him. He's got such incredible, I mean, he's got deep, deep books, but he spoke about in the power of now. And, and this is what really helped me make, mm -hmm. make the shifts that I needed to make. He said, there's three types of people in this world. He said, there's people that live in fear, people that live in anxiety and people that live in peace. And he said, the people that live in fear are the people that are always thinking about the future, future events that haven't happened yet. They're creating these, these, these stories that don't exist. And then he said, there's these people that live in anxiety, which means they're replaying those tapes of their life over and over and over again, literally paralyzing them from ever moving forward. Mm -hmm. And he said, then there's those people that live in peace. And he said, the people that live in peace are living in the time that we all have that we can all control. And it's the now. He said, the more that people focus on the now, right now, instead of thinking too forward or worrying about what's already happened, you will live a more peaceful life. And, and that's what I, I realized. So when something comes up, I always ask myself, is that a story or is that what's actually happening? And, and, and then how I, often do you think it is a story? All the time. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, so think about it. If you're listening to this, this is a great thing to do. Ask yourself, right? Is it a story? Like, is it true? And we, that's usually the first thing we go to is a story. It's a past story. I'll, I'll say that, like, Nancy and I will be talking about something, and she'll say, you know, as soon as someone says, what if? If a sentence starts with what if, that is a key indicator that it's a story. Yeah. So she'll say, well, what if this? I'm like, okay, so is that a story or is that actually going to happen? She goes, it's a story. I said, then just let it go. So for, for the people that are listening, anytime someone says to you or you say to someone, well, what if, what if 
you are creating a narrative. So change the narrative and asking yourself, is this actually happening? And the answer, 100% of the time, if it started with what if, is no, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I believe, and I love, first, I love what you're saying. And think about this. I'm assuming, like, these are the, these are the tools that you use on a regular basis in your own life when you have challenges and things come up. So COVID happens. And we're in this space in the beginning where all of a sudden we don't, we don't, we actually really don't know. I mean, in the beginning, it was like everything will be back to normal in June. And I remember sitting there in March going, how do you, how do you just come up with three months? Like where yeah. did you pull that from? And for people who do have a narrative, June gave them peace. It gave them a comfort of like, okay, so we're back to normal then. I chose to jump into my business full time because I, I don't know what June was going to bring <laughs> in my brain. I'm like, I know what today is going to do. So did you have to work through a narrative when COVID first happened? Yeah. hundred uh, percent because, you know, in the States, April 15th is tax day. Okay. And, you know, I had, uh, I had my, my profit shares due for my, my LLC. I had my taxes from 2019 due. I had my first quarterly taxes due and I was getting ready to uh, put a new roof on my house and do, do, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my, like, so, you know, the, the money narrative is always there. So I, you know, I, I had about two or three days where, where the scarcity mindset came back up because I wasn't scared about making money. Mm-hmm. I was more fearful of would others who are also affected by this still see the value of what I do, therefore would they still invest? That that was my narrative. That's fair. That's very fair because you don't know what other people we had no idea what other people were going to buying be, habits were going buying. to change and yeah. and I don't I, and I did you know if buying habits changed that would affect my bottom line. So, you know, I reached out to my my accountant, I reached out to my my financial advisor and I said, "Listen, you know, and when in the states they gave an extension extension <laughs> until July 15th. So I said, "Listen, let me just see where my business goes." over the next 90 days. If, if they're going to give us this 90-day extension, let me take it because yeah. I, I don't know how my consumers are going to react to this. And they said, makes sense. Smart business decision. Keep your money set aside, but continue growing. Um, you know, And that, that made me feel a lot better. Yes. And business hasn't stopped. It, it's, it's, it's been business. April, May, June were all phenomenal months. Um, July is off to a great start. And I'm continuing to move forward. Everything is caught up, paid, sent out, and and I'm good. I, I just I can I I ended the money narrative and and continue to move forward. And you know I'm a very organized. I'm an organizational freak. So I always make like I already have my third and fourth quarter uh, taxes already set aside because I said you know what in. I don't know how things are going to be. So I want to get as far ahead as possible um, just in case. Uh, and that's just the mindset that I have. I don't make money to spend money. Mm-hmm. I earn money to reinvest, to allocate, and to set myself up for something later on down the line. And so you'll see a lot of people succeeding in business. 
but what does their bank account look like? There's a lot of people that that gain success and then they spend it. I, I I have goals right now of where my money needs to go for specific things. So my driving force is to continue to build my business and brand and impact people in a positive way. And as the money goes out, the money comes back in and then the money goes out to where it needs to go. And that's that's how you run a successful business. So when I when I I I ended that narrative and I realized I'm like, you know what? I can only can control what I can control. I had to pivot. And in all honesty, I've been very grateful for this pandemic. I, I'm I'm not grateful because you know uh, I have to socially distance to see my family. You know they're on one side of the sidewalk and I'm on the other, um, but I'm still able to see them. Mm-hmm. I miss my friends. Uh, I I miss going out to dinner. Um, you know we've been ordering in, but I, I miss you know getting like I haven't worn jeans. Uh, <laughs> since since March. So I'm I literally wear just warm-up pants every single day, which is fine. Yeah. You know? no, it's okay. We did family pictures last week and I laugh because I'm like, I think this is the first pair of jeans I've put on in yeah. months. And it's 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 all good, but you know, I've learned so much. It's it's allowed me to to finish my fourth book. It's allowed me to finish uh, uh, a course that I wanted to to shoot. It's allowed me to dive deeper into going on podcast tours and and do more speaking events online. So it's it's just been a, a great pivot for me. I, I said this in the very beginning when COVID-19 hit. I said, whether you guys realize it or not, something beautiful and amazing is going to be at the end of all of this for all of us. Mm-hmm. And And... There's no one, I don't care how successful people are, everyone is affected by this in some personal or professional, sometimes both. You're, you're, you're affected in some way, shape, or form. But again, it goes back to that story. You know, what can you actually do to control it? And, and for me, I knew the only thing that I can do to progress my business moving forward is to move my business forward in a new way. In all honesty, I really haven't been doing anything differently that I've done before. Uh, I'm still reaching out. I'm still connecting. I'm still doing workshops. You know, I'm still doing online events, I'm still coaching. I'm just sh- showing up every single day. More eyeballs are seeing of what I'm doing because more people are home and online. spending more time online. So yeah. I've been here the whole time. It's just, it's just newer people are starting to see me because they're actually forced to spend more time online. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I definitely see you and you are extremely consistent. Like if you are, and that's what you have to be. Like you have to be with, with, with social media, with online is you have to show up. And if you have days, I mean, yes, there's times that we don't feel like it. I mean, please let's be real. There are times that we don't feel like it, but it's part of the job it's part of, it's part of being like consistent and being there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting, it's been a very interesting time online watching between COVID between, um, as we watched and what's happened with black lives matter and being present online, people will remember how we show up during these times. I have said that from day one, like people will remember how you show up. You can't just show up when it's easy. You just, well, you can, 
but that's just not the message that you want to send. Well, it's what Les Brown says. Those that take the easy road end up living a hard life, but those that take the hard road end up leaving an easy life. So I'm always willing to take the hardest road possible. And, and But again, you know, I said this earlier, there's a silver lining in everything. It, it's, it's all what we make of it and it's all what we think about. And you know, what Earl Nightingale said, what you think about most often is what you become. So what do you want to become right now? How, how can you reinvent yourselves? And I was, I was telling you in the, in the pre-show, you know, for the listeners, you know, my, my father is still in the wellness industry. He yes. still personal trains. Um, you know, he's a, a world record holder in the raw bench press in his age category. And he moved his entire personal training online at, at almost 68 years old. And, you know, he's, he's on Instagram, he's on Facebook, you know, he's getting onto LinkedIn, he's got a website, he had to, uh, to pivot. And, you know, success doesn't know an age, uh, but also pivots don't know an age either. Everyone from millennials to Gen Xers to baby boomers, everyone has had to shift some aspect of their life. And, you know, I always tell uh, I always tell Nancy that you know I'm really grateful that from day one of us being together, we've both worked from home because we're used to being around each other all the time. And there's a lot of couples that that aren't. No, aren't, and this has been a challenge for for a lot of them. Yeah. So there's been a lot of couples that have grown closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's been a lot of couples that maybe have grown apart. Uh, it, it's given you more family time, spending more time with your kids, which which has been great for me with my son. Mm-hmm. So it, there, there are so many, again, you can find the positive in every single thing. It's just a matter of you looking for it. You, it's It's always available, but you might not be in a space to see it. Like it's always there. And when this has started, when COVID started, and even until recently, people are like, oh my God, do you see how many businesses are going to go under? I'm like, I know there are going to be businesses are going to go under. There will also be record numbers of new businesses created. We have to, it's unfortunate. And I, and I feel for some of these, some of these businesses, we were talking earlier about gyms. And I mean, I've been part of a gym most of my life. Um, I have owned a brick and mortar. You've owned a brick and mortar. I've owned that. Um, thank God I don't right now. Like I thank God that I don't, but I have been there in a very scary spot. We owned a gym in 2008 and 2009 when like literally the last recession hit and it was scary as hell. Like it was like, I want out. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to find another way to do it. So we all have those peaks and valleys where we, we look at it and do we wish that we could learn lessons in a less difficult way sometimes? Sure, but we don't. That's not how it works being human. You know, for me, I was telling this to Nancy that the status of where my gym was before I closed the last one in 2016, I wouldn't have made it past 30 days. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's most gyms, whether the owner's going to admit it or not, you know, because you have... There's so, there's so much overhead. There's so much overhead. Yes. My overhead was 16,000 a month. But but if members aren't paying, you know, like I I can't charge them for a gym that's not open. My personal training would have been in the toilet. You know, I I know multiple people. Uh, I know one person that had to close their fitness studio. I know one person that had to close their personal training studio. They, They literally sold everything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they even sold this. Sadly, this guy had to sell, close his gym, sell all the equipment, and he even sold him and his wife. They had this uh, RV camper. It was a, a, a dream, like little mm-hmm. home of theirs that they were going to travel around the country, and they needed money, so they they had to sell that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, but again, you know, he's been so upbeat. He knows there's a new chapter for him from all this because, again, there, something good is going to come out of something that may not look great right now. Uh, there are going to be many businesses that that fail, but the the honest to God truth is some of those businesses may have ended up closing anyway with or without COVID. It just, what COVID-19 did for businesses, for, for a lot of businesses that ended up not making it, it, it peeled back a layer and it exposed the, the cracks in the infrastructure of that business. And basically, it, it turned the mirror around on those people and said, listen, if there's any time where we need to step away from this, it's right now because you know most people they're not running from a profit they're basically just you know running that straight line hoping that it continues and that's why i had to go as all in as i did with my personal training because i knew the gym was never going to be able to pay me the money that i should have gotten paid because you know typically when you own the business um you know everyone else gets paid first and you typically get paid last yeah. um or there's no money left so I think COVID-19 is, has done so many different things, has brought so many things to the surface for so many businesses. But again, I, I look at, at my overhead of what my, my gym used to cost me, 16000 a month. My current business does not cost 16000 a month to run. Uh, I, I started my, my coaching practice for free. I, I, had a, I had a free Zoom account. I ended up getting a domain for like $7 on GoDaddy. I, I shot some videos on Zoom and I started selling them out of a Google Drive. I didn't even have a back end. I, I did. My podcast was originally out of a Google Drive. Yeah. So, so, you, 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 so it, it just made sense. Like why this is such a great time for people to really fall into a passion or something that they've always wanted to do, whether they they realize it or not. Now is just such a great time, and yeah, it sounded great. Things will be open by June. Listen, this second wave, which actually uh, is not a second wave, the first wave hasn't even ended yet. And yet, my um, girlfriend's a doctor, and she said that I said second wave. She goes, "Oh no, no, we're not done the first one. Forget no, second." It, it, yeah. It's still going back up, and 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 here's the thing, you know, I'm in Jersey where things have sort of leveled off, but they're now starting to creep back up again. Mm-hmm. The, it it it's been known it takes 18 to 24 months to come up with a vaccine once it's approved. So this could be, um, and again, I am not a pessimistic person. No, you're not. No, I'm I'm a realist. realist. So am I. So, yeah. I. And I'm also I'm very highly organized, and I love preparing. So. For me, I have already pre-prepared, this is how 2020 is. Mm -hmm. So whatever's going on right now, whenever you're listening to this, I have prepared the rest of the year being like this. I will reevaluate where things are going to be in quarter four. Mm -hmm. So around November-ish, I'll come back up for air and kind of see what's going on. And then I'll start making 
plans and projections for Q1 of 2021. So, but the, and, and that's not just for business. Mm-hmm. That's for life. The way that I do one thing is the way that I do everything. It's just the it's just how I work. So when you can plan far enough ahead, so so that's the thing. If if I plan far enough ahead, so I'm planning the rest of 2020 going like this. What's the best case scenario? Things open back up in November, October, but I'm already prepared for that. And if they don't, that's why in November I'm going to see where things are and then I can plan ahead again for the next five or six months. And it's just, it's just the way people need to start thinking about things. I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. I think it's that it's, it's the mindset is really, really important to learn how to shift that in this case, especially where the only thing we can control is what we are going to do. Yes. The only thing we can control. So you have, tell us about what you do coaching wise and what you, how you support people to grow themselves and their businesses online. So I call myself a human connection expert because that's all I've done in my entire career going from my personal training, owning my gyms, my sports nutrition business, contest prep coaching, network marketing, and now coaching people on LinkedIn, and that's what I'm currently doing. So I I have about 65,000 hours of one-on-one coaching under my belt working with individuals. And you you talk about the 10-year, 10,000-hour habit. I've six and a half X that. And so I I have the skills and I have the know-how and knowledge to, to help basically anyone shift where they need to go in their business. So when you develop a program like the one that I did, which I was able to create on my own through filling a need and a void that I had, which was feeling disconnected from individuals online. You know, when you're growing an online business, which I started back in 2013, you do the first thing that's easiest, which is Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then when Instagram came about, you start going on there. But I, I found those two platforms more as social entertainment. I love how you explained this to me before. And I love this. You said social entertainment. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so Facebook is like the barbecue of social media. That's where people go to kind of hang out. And Instagram is the reality TV show of social media. That's where people go. I call it the Bravo TV of social media, where people go and it's like the real housewives on there and you know, <laughs> the Shahs of Sunset, whatever you happen to watch on Bravo. And uh, you know, but LinkedIn, when I when I jumped on there about five years ago, I saw the the real opportunity that it provided because I, I looked at the top three aspects of building out a business and a brand. And those three aspects are the money that the people make on the platform, number two, the size of the organic network that you can grow, and number three, the age demographic of your typical buyer, client, or consumer. And for me, you know, I'm 41, so the average age is anywhere between 30 to 55 on LinkedIn, so that fits within that age category. The average income that someone makes on LinkedIn is $100,000 a year or more. So I know the people that are typically hanging out on that platform could afford my services. And the network growth is up to $30,000 on on LinkedIn. And I've grown my network from about five hundred dollars to close to twenty, almost $28,000 at this point. But when you look at Facebook and Instagram, where you're only allowed 5,000 friends on Facebook... Instagram has the highest rate of fake accounts to real accounts on social media. The average income is $30,000 a year or less, and the average age is 18 to 29. It was kind of like a glaring statistic where, you know, Scott, you need to start looking at this. But interestingly enough, the millennials are now even seeing the disconnect socially and connection-wise 
of what's going on on Facebook and Instagram because of the 600 million people that are on LinkedIn compared to the 3.5 billion on Facebook and Instagram, almost 90 million people on LinkedIn are now of millennial age. So even the millennials are starting to make the shift over. So I started just connecting with my mirror image which at the time was other gym owners, other trainers, other nutritionists, people that I can have a relatable business conversation with. And my business started to grow and I was having conversation after conversation, you know, collecting those no's and the yeses started to show up. And I, I reached out to a buddy of mine and uh, I said, Joey, listen, you got to get on LinkedIn. Uh, I think I may have struck oil and this could really help our businesses. So I, I basically told him a little bit of what I was doing at the time that I knew. There was no structure. There was no system. I said, just do A, B, and C. It's what I've been doing and let me know what happens. Uh, a week later, he reached out to me and he texted me and he said, call me. So I did. And I said, what's up? And he said, dude, whatever you're doing, he goes, it works. He goes, I have 14 appointments booked this week. Wow. He said, you should be teaching this to other people. And I said, well, I love teaching. I love training. I love coaching. Why not? And uh, in, in February of 2016, I launched my coaching practice. Uh, yes, I, I teach solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business coaches, uh, people in, in finance, network marketing, how to leverage LinkedIn. But what I really teach is those individuals how to create more genuine, authentic human connection than anybody else. The, the one thing that I constantly remind people is that you are going to be over inundated with shelf help. The books, the podcasts, the courses, the pamphlets, the downloads. The fact of the matter is, is that there's, there's one tool that every single human being has that can't be automated. There is no opt-in. There's no click funnel. There's no social media platform for it. And it's our ability to create connection organically and genuinely with other human beings. Mm -hmm. Human connection is the most valuable business tool that we all have. It's just people aren't using it enough. And what I realized, I said, the more often that I seek, again, following the teachings of the science of getting rich, the more that I seek connection, collaboration, and creation, mm -hmm. instead of competition and comparison, I will always find a way to win. And it's just taking those principles and then obviously bringing them to the marketplace, showing others how to do the same thing. I had to go first. And that's the thing. You know, the greatest coaches are the ones that have defined their own problem, gone through the process, came out better on the other side, which basically gives you the credibility and the license to then teach others. The best license and certification that you can ever get is going through it yourself first. 100%. I just, I'm just laughing because it's exactly, you know, um, we, when we, we start to dive into personal development and there, maybe there's a point where you're like, I think I could teach this and I think I could help it, but let's be real. It's us that has to, we have to go through the transformation first Yes. and, and firsthand. And I, I'm strongly, strongly believe and speak that we cannot speak coach or write on anything we've not lived. I just, I, we just can't, I think that we can reference it but I don't think that we can teach, um, speak, or coach on that. It's not, if we haven't lived it, we don't know it. I mean, how many different names have I mentioned in this episode already? So, you know, I, I don't take 
the only things that I take credit for are the things that I've created. If, if I got a thought or an idea from someone else, I will give credit where credit is due. What I choose to do with those thoughts, because we can take a thought and, and create our own understanding from it. But I love quoting other people because I want people to know that, you know, I don't know everything. No. And I'm never going to. Once someone thinks that they know everything, they actually know nothing. They know nothing. They're not. And, and if somebody ever tells you that as a coach or as a mentor, like seriously run, that's not. Like, your I was opinion. just going to say run just the other run. way. Just run the run. other way. Cause they're not, they're not your people. Yeah. They are not your people at all. Um, let, let me ask you this then. What would be one tip for a person who is looking to go on and make connections? So I have been working on LinkedIn more consistently and I am bombarded sometimes by the messages in the private message, like where it's like, and it's amazing. Some people have really great conversation. They're trying to have a conversation. I don't always respond. I don't get back to, I, that's me to work on that. But what I'm saying is, is that there are some people then who completely like vomit everything in the, you know, so I know there's a way to do it and a way not to do it, but I just wanted to ask you that if you could give a tip. Yeah. So messaging is one of the most uh, challenging things for people because again, you're, you're looking to craft a message in a way where it's not about how you write it. It's about how it's received, mm -hmm. meaning how the other person is, is reading, interpreting it, saying it to themselves in their head. So I always tell people, make sure that you, when you craft and write a message, I, I've gotten those 18 paragraph verbal vomit messages. And, and I, I even, so this, this LinkedIn trainer, um, she's a LinkedIn trainer. I have a call set up with her, uh, later next week. Good. She, uh, I, she was a, a mutual, we have a mutual friend. So I sent her a connection request cause I, I love what she's doing. And she sent me back this, like this really long, long message. And she said, if you're using LinkedIn for sales and strategy, here's, here's a free thing for you. Like, I didn't ask for that shit. Like, like, <laughs> I just said, hello. <laughs> so, so, so I wrote back to her. I said, I said, hi, so-and-so. Uh, was this an automated message? And she said, no. Uh, she goes, I know it may have came off that way, uh, but no, I, I don't believe in automation on LinkedIn. I'm like, good, neither do I. We should totally talk. And she goes, I would love to do that. So, you know, we're talking next week. The the biggest, I don't care. And, and people get caught up in like the followers and the likes and the comments. I could care less about that stuff. Yeah. It, you got to pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, now, you should never sell anyone in your initial message. So the, the one thing that, that I teach people is something called the magic formula. It's a three-step process. So if you are going to make a connection on LinkedIn, you want to do three things. Number one, you, you state the person's name. You know, hey, Marsha, you know, great to connect with you. So that's, that's the easiest that's thing. Cool. The second part is, is bridging the gap, or I call lowering the drawbridge um, where the other person can walk across, where they're seeing the relatability between you and them. Mm -hmm. So saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, I noticed that you had a business podcast, as do I, would love to hear about it, share more about mine, and see how we can support each other here on the platform. Perfect. So I've done two. Th so when the person gets that message where, they're recognizing, oh, this makes sense, why this person is reaching out to me, it's gonna raise the level of the person actually wanting to get on the phone with you. 
but the other thing is in, in that aspect, I used one of the most important words in the English language. And that word is support. So it's been scientifically proven that when someone just reads the word support, they feel better because it actually causes the brain to release a chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin is the feel-good chemical that our brain produces, just like serotonin or endorphins uh, or dopamine or cortisol if we're stressed. So when someone is reading a message where the drawbridge has been lowered and they're seeing that similarity between the two people, but also the person says support, they're going to feel good about reaching back out. But the third and most important part is finishing with a call to action, a CTA. Questions lead to answers. Statements lead to nowhere. So if I was just to say, Marsha, let me know when's good for you to talk, you're never going to let me know because I never asked. But all I have to do is say, do you have any time this week or next week for a call? That's it. You have to ASK to GET. You have to ask in order to get. And that is the simplest way to actually properly reach out to people on LinkedIn. And it's so funny. Earlier today, uh, I got an email from Authority Magazine letting me know that they're going to be featuring me on how to build your business using LinkedIn. So what I can say to all the listeners is if you have a passion, if there's something that you want to go after, stay in the game long enough because the time that you're going to put in right now will reward you later on down the road. Oh, and first off, congrats on that. I saw Thank that you. message. That's so awesome. That is just Thank so you. awesome. And how, what a perfect timing as it ties in exactly. I love, thank you for sharing that because I think that people don't know how to connect and we get so turned off when actually there could be some really good connections. People just don't know how to do it. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're not good. It's just that they don't know how to connect. You know, it's, we don't know what we don't know. And, and again, in, in the it's taken me five years. I, I had a coaching call earlier today with uh, a company called Humans Doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with the owner and his two recruiters. And I, I refined their entire messaging. And he basically said, you just earned your money just from this session. Oh. And I said, I said, why? And he said, because the, they were using uh, resource instead of the word support. Mm -hmm. and, and they even said, putting themselves in the shoes of the people that they're looking to bring into their organization. Seeing the word support instead of resource is going to bring even more people closer to them. But the other thing is, I'll say this. When, when I was first messaging people, I was verbal vomiting all over people. You, you have to learn. And again, you know, you asked me earlier, what's your favorite quote? Your failures open the doors to your successes. So I had to fail forward. I've been doing split testing on messages. Mm-hmm on LinkedIn for five years. And it's funny because, you know, I'll wish someone a happy birthday or a congrats on their job anniversary. And I'll see one of my old messages come up and I'm like, man, <laughs> that was really bad. But uh, again, when, when you're creating something that, that is your own, you have to start somewhere. And, oh, for it, sure. it, and it's so funny because so many entrepreneurs are scared of LinkedIn because they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you did know what to do? And that's why coaches exist and people are out there that exist that they don't, they don't create shortcuts for you. Mm -hmm. 
They shorten the learning curve. That that's that's why we invest into our businesses. If there's something that we want to learn, if we want to uh, increase our our health and wellness, what are we going to do? We're going to hire a personal trainer. They're going to keep us accountable to go to the gym. We're going to hire a nutritionist. It's just like anything else. You want to have nice teeth? You're going to go to a dentist. You're not feeling good? You're going to go to a doctor. It's the same thing. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think that there's this whole concept about, um, I have had people say it to me, well, I should know how to do this. And I'm like, why should you know how to do this? Why should you know? Like, this is something that I've learned over many, many years and the experiences that I've come through. Like, it's not, it's, we don't, I'm quite open to say there's many things I don't know. And that's why I have different coaches and different people to help me out. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing afraid, nothing to be afraid of reaching out. It's amazing. I love that you said it shortens the learning curve. It's not, they don't do it for you. Mm-hmm. No. no. And I, I always tell people, I am, people say, you know, what kind of results can I expect from working with you? I love this question. And I say, whatever you want. And, I, and they, they're like, well, what do you mean whatever I want? I said, I am not responsible for your success. Nope. I can't control what you're going to do with what I teach you. But what I am responsible for is teaching you the exact system that has helped me get to where I am. Mm -hmm. What you choose to do with it, how you choose to use it, and how you implement it, that's on you. Mm -hmm. That's not on me. So when you turn the mirror around on someone and they realize that they have to be self-accountable, it it definitely weeds out the people that I should and should not work with because you you and I both being coaches, we've definitely had our string of people that you know we definitely should not have worked with but i will say i'm grateful for those people because they they taught me exactly who i do and do not want to work with so you know coaching gets a bad rap because in all honesty there's a lot of bad coaches out there because you have to go first so anyone that just goes and get some sort of certification or document that they printed out and says, Hey, I I'm certified now that you need hours and hours. You have to prove the concept first. And the funny thing is, Marsha, my, my LinkedIn program, it was, I didn't start on LinkedIn thinking I would be where I am today. Mm-hmm. If you would have, t- if you would have told me five years ago, Hey, listen, you're going to start using LinkedIn and you're going to have this successful coaching program from it, two best-selling books, a top podcast, getting featured here, doing, I would have, I would have been, yeah, from LinkedIn, but you don't know what you don't know. So that, and and that's the, the beauty of this. And this is what I want the listeners to understand. The best businesses don't happen by accident. They happen on purpose and for a purpose. Mm-hmm. I had to serve and solve my needs first because I realized, that my needs were the same needs that other people were having. There was just no solution for it. So I was that chef, you know, in the kitchen, just putting ingredients in there and trying to figure out how to make this dish taste the best and where people could duplicate it. So it took time. And when I started seeing that duplication was happening by just helping some friends, I'm like, you know what? If they're getting results, mm-hmm. I think I have to put structure around this just like I would have a, a, a training routine or a nutrition plan. 
exactly the same. You start to get proof of concept that it's working. And then you can, you start to say, oh, I think I should actually build something about this. But it's funny. Like I, the programs that I teach now, I didn't see three years ago. I didn't see that. That's not, so we have, we have to start. You have to start with where you are. Now you dropped that in there. Can you tell us a little bit about your books and your podcast? Yep. So the books, I, I released uh, my second book uh, in 2019. It's called the, the LinkedIn book for network marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it did hit bestseller on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Now it, it's not just for network marketers, like literally it's evergreen network marketing jargon, but you can replace network marketing with any business that you're in. I've had nonprofits use it. I've had nice. uh, small and medium-sized companies use it, financial firms. Um, and then my third book, which came out this past March, also hit bestseller on Amazon, and it's called the Network Marketing Academy. Again, it's a lot a lot of SEO. That's why I keep using network marketing because that's my background. But the Network Marketing Academy, the one thing I love about this book is it's a picture book for adults. So there's a lot of infographs. Uh, there's a workbook that accompanies it that you can download for free. And it focuses on mindset, organizational skills, generating leads, and understanding social media for any business, not just network marketing. So, I mean, it's a 170-page it's a book, but it's very colorful. Uh, there's a lot nice of funny read. pictures. And it's, you know, I, I got the inspiration from just all the books that, that my, myself and Nancy and my son read together now. And they're just big and illustrative and, and colorful and vibrant. And that's what this book is. Uh, and then I'm working on actually a fourth book that should be coming out uh, in Q3 of this year. Wow. And it's actually a follow-up to my LinkedIn book for network marketing. And it's actually the marketing workbook for LinkedIn. So this is a evergreen workbook. Um, it's about 50 pages. So I basically took the concept of the best-selling book, put it into workbook form where you can literally take pen to paper and literally fill things out. And I walk people through the concepts, concept, concepts and strategies that were in the original book that are now in this workbook. So companies can buy them for their staff. They can buy them for their sales team. So uh, the finishing touches are being put on that and that should be ready by Q3 of this year. That is great. Look at how Thank it's you. just branching. I just absolutely love it. I Thank love you. what you're doing with it and the impact that it's having. And as somebody who has been in network marketing and loves the model as well, it's it's a case of, I think that how people connect on like, like it doesn't matter if it's network marketing, but network marketing is a great place to learn how to connect with people. And so I love that that's where you've spun that. I call it the, it's the gateway jug, drug to entrepreneurship because, mm-hmm. you know, I was already an entrepreneur coming into it, but for a first time entrepreneur, network marketing is a great experience for them because it teaches you how to be your own boss, how to run your own business, how to brand yourself. Um, and then my podcast is called Network Marketing Made Simple. And again, it's not just a network marketing podcast. I have guests uh, from all different facets and, and industries and it's it's actually a top podcast in, in five countries, um, not the United States, which you know again it's a it's a very it's a very competitive, but it is a, a top podcast in New Zealand and, and Australia and in Europe. So that that's really cool, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's one of those things. There's two episodes a week, Mondays and Thursdays. I've switched to doing just interviews. Um, there's 174 episodes. 
the first 50 episodes are all soloed. So they're all just me with a little seven to 10 minute tips. And then every other episode was an interview. Mm-hmm. But when COVID-19 hit, I wanted to kind of over deliver on other people's stories. Yes. So a- about three months ago, I switched to just interview style twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, and it's incredible. Um, I have actually have episodes booked out and recorded through September of this year, so there's a lot of lot of great guests coming your way. That's as a podcaster, isn't that awesome? When you when you're when you're booked, it is and it isn't. Oh. I know what you're saying. I know it, it is. No, no, it's it's great. You know, I because I always feel bad because I'll I'll record an episode and they're like, well, when's it coming out? And I'm like, four <laughs> months, and they're like, oh, and I'm like. <laughs> But as as a podcaster, you know, especially, and, and this is what people need to understand. So for all the podcasters that are listening to this, you have to understand the more, uh, the more quote unquote in the can you have episodes, the, the least stressful the process is going to be. Because I know so many people that have started and stopped a podcast and there's only one reason. They didn't have pre-recorded episodes. So I, my, my goal was to always be about four weeks ahead. And then I'm like, screw it. Why don't I get eight weeks ahead? Why don't I get 12 weeks ahead? So I always make sure that I'm always a quarter ahead. And again, if, if an episode needs to be changed out, I, I make them very evergreen. So I know, just like we were speaking about earlier in the episode, I've prepared for all of 2020 to be like this. So there's a lot of COVID-19 mentioned in my episodes. So I still know it's going to be fairly relevant when the episodes do come out. I think it's very fair to say that. It's very fair to say that. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about what you offer, what you do? Yeah, so my website's the easiest. That's where it houses everything. It's www.scotterron.net. That's two T's and two A's. Um, You can get both of my books, my podcast, my services. And then I'm very omnipresent on social media. Uh, If you search Scott Aaron on Facebook and LinkedIn, I will come right up. And on Instagram, my handle is at Scott Aaron LinkedIn. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. So a couple quick questions to wrap it up for you. I want to know... um, what impact do you want to have in the world? Like what impact do you want to create in the world? Well, I feel the impact that I'm leaving right now is the one I want to continue to impact, which is uh, having people understand that as long as they believe in themselves and believe that everything is possible, they can achieve anything that they want. Um, I have such a soft spot for people that just have that lack, lack mentality um, and the the low self worth because every single you know human beings are the most amazing creatures ever created. We're the only ones that can adapt and change and become something different all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the life cycle of a bug or a horse or a cow or a dog or a cat, they all do this. They're all they're all doing the same thing. You know, a cat is a cat, a dog is a dog. Now they have different personalities, but they have the same life cycle. They're always going to be a dog. But as a human being, we can be whatever we want. We can be an author. We can be a speaker. We can be the president. We can be the prime minister. We can be an astronaut. So I think the beauty about being a human being and and for the listeners to understand whatever you want to be, as long as you believe in you, it doesn't matter what other people think or say, just be who you are and reach for the stars. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you have so much passion in your voice about it. I know 
I know deep down that that is, you've gone that journey, like you've gone through that journey and that's why you can see what's possible. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've loved the episode. I've loved this recording. I've loved learning even more about you and your story and the impact that you want to have and how by owning your own choices, you have really changed and created the life the way that you want it to be, which yes. is so powerful. Last question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Probably, and, and my father, you know, would agree with this. And, you know, sometimes you have to learn from other people's failures and mishaps to learn how to succeed. And I'm grateful for my father's journey. And I know he is too. So watching someone make uh, bad business decisions and bad business mistakes has made me uh, the best businessman that I can be today. Uh, learning, uh, you know, the my 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 energy and and my language with money, uh, controlling my finances, budgeting, uh, understanding how to properly run an organization. You know, not saying that my father was a complete failure at all of those things, but you know, he would openly admit that, you know, he has strengths and he has weaknesses. My father, in all honesty, is one of the greatest salesmen you will ever meet in your entire life. Like me, he could sell snow to an Eskimo um, and so could I. And, you know, I learned that from him. So, you know, the, the greatest lesson and impact and everything has probably watching and learning from other people's mistakes and knowing that that doesn't mean it's over. Just understanding that your mistakes are, are just lessons. Your failures are just lessons to show you how to stay on that path of how to succeed. Oh, I love that. It's beautiful. That's the thing, right? Is that it's, it's what we do with those lessons. No judging, no, like, no breaking it apart. Just observing. It's just observing. And yes. being open about the mistakes that we make also allows us to teach others people who are willing to learn and it's all good. It's all good. It's all part of the process. None of us are getting it right the first time. (laughs) None of us at all. Maybe not the second, third or fourth time. Who knows? Right. Many times it takes, it takes many, many times to work through in order to create what we are. And sometimes it takes doing that over and over. And then all of a sudden realizing that, wait, there's another opportunity over here that I can do something even more with. Like you, I talk about the branch and the tree and what your starting with LinkedIn has created. Mm. It's amazing. It's amazing. What's created. It's incredible. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're, you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming onto the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Marsha. It was an honor, a pleasure, and just so grateful for you and the opportunity that you gave me today. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life. <laughs>